Hi everybody, this is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I am fantastic and really glad it's not Super Bowl season because that would make this episode even more depressing than it already is. Oh, hmm. I want to call it depressing. I think that's the that's not the word I would use, but we'll talk about it. Uh, hi guys, we are brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show for only $2 a month to gain access to all of our bonus content. Uh, we uh, have a bunch of stuff up there, a bunch of new episode reviews from the past couple of seasons, and uh, encourage you to check it out. Uh, a, a little, a little note. I feel like I need to. I, I don't want to talk about this, but I'm forced. I have to. I am not Apple Podcasts. We've had some <laughs> issues lately. We've had some issues lately where the episodes are not playing well. You can't. They're unavailable on Apple Podcasts. I don't know. I, I don't want to sound like I'm being condescending or pedantic, but how podcasts work is I have we have an audio file that I prepare. I upload it to uh, uh, to our host. They they put it on an RSS feed. I give Apple and all the Podcatcher app, all the pod different Stitcher and Google Play and all the other ones. I give them that address, that RSS feed address, and they just pull it. They pull the file from there and put it in their player. If the file is fine and it is uploaded to the feed, it is I cannot do anything to make Apple work. Okay, the that episode unavailable thing is a problem with Apple Podcast app, and my only suggestion at that point is please use a different app because it's not That's a right. good app. You should use Pocket Cast or Overcast. Either one is way better for iOS. I I agree. I use Overcast myself. Uh, Apple Podcast is kind man, of, but you know. It's, uh, you know, apples and oranges. <laughs> see, see what I did there? So <laughs> I, I understand that Apple Podcast is kind of the default because it is free and comes in on iOS. I would encourage you to use a different app. It, I assure you, I, I do all I can to make it work. Believe me, I do not want to get dozens of people telling me that they can't download the podcast. I cannot do anything about it. All I can do is put it up on the feed and hope. All I can do is hope that the apple app works i cannot make it work i do not work for apple and they will not listen to me if i yell at them because they don't care <laughs> it's true they don't care about anybody they don't especially and i've had the problem happen with comedy bang bang which gets a thousand times more download than i than we do and i don't they don't i do not have any pull with apple they they don't get any money from me they don't care so that's all i can tell you is to 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 try the workarounds that you can find on the internet or use a different app. Please do not bombard me with technical questions about your podcast app. I can't help you. The Apple executives are swimming. They're Scrooge McDucking their way through their $100 billion they have over in Ireland and the, the Netherlands. Anyway, on to this week's episode. It is Sunday, Cruddy Sunday, episode AABF08, originally aired January 31st, 1999, written by... Tom Martin, George Meyer, Brian Scully, and Mike Scully. Four people, Matt. Four people worked on this one. It took four people to work to just absolutely cram in all those guest stars. Just let's, let's just smush them in as hard as they could and to find more than two lines for each of them. And some of them still couldn't get more than a couple lines. I'm gonna I'm gonna quote my handsome boys comic sour co-host, Eric Goodnight, and say it takes a village to raise an idiot. <laughs> This episode yep. was directed by Stephen Dean Moore. Uh, originally broadcast, received an 11.6 rating, approximately 11.5 million viewers. It finished in 10th place. Uh, 
making the second most watched program on Fox after the premiere of Family Guy. Wait, the first Family Guy? This is the first episode of Family Guy. Wow. There, this they is also said... the... Oh, what were you going to say, Matt? I was going to say, they must have been like, let's let's completely screw Family Guy by putting up the worst Simpsons episode ever. Well, I mean, both of these are... This is after the Super Bowl. That's why... The, the, the Super Bowl is... Ah. That's why it says second most watched scripted program on Fox. Uh, both Family Guy and the, the Simpsons episodes obviously did not get as much viewership as the Super Bowl did. Yeah. Um, the chalkboard gag. I will not do the Dirty Bird. Do you know what the Dirty Bird is, Matt? It's a dance, I bet. You're right. It is a the Atlanta Falcons touchdown dance that they did that year. Oh, yeah, because uh, I believe that the Atlanta Falcons was one of the teams in this, as we so uh, horrifically got to see. I mean, yeah, they, there's a whole joke about it. Uh, the couch gag, the couch, the couch is sunk by an iceberg, and only Maggie survives on the tip. She's the, she's oh, the Titanic in, jokes. Yeah, I mean... I, I think the Titanic jokes work because Titanic has re- uh, managed to remain in the zeitgeist even 20 years later. It's still there. It's we still we know we have we know about you know my heart will go on and King of the King of the World and you know, all that stuff. They're, that's still there. We we all remember that stuff. This episode guest stars <gasps> Troy Aikman, Rosie Greer, John Matta, Dan Marino, Rupert Murdoch, Dolly Parton, and Pat Summerall as themselves, and Fred Willard as Wally Kogan. Which is a the his I know who some name. of those people are. Yeah, the Wally Kogan is a, uh, a combination of Wally Wallodusky and Jay Kogan. They combined and made a guest character from former writers on the show. Um, this episode begins with a field trip to the post office. Now, who's ever wondered how the post office works? No one. I did until we came here last year. Oh yes, last year. Anyway, look, here comes our guide for the day, Postmaster Bill. <laughs> Howdy, partners. Welcome to your post office. Wow, it's ours? Bart! Be with you in a minute. This is the lobby, where customers come for all their postalistic needs. Legends of comedy, my tuckus. What has Fatty Arbuckle done that I haven't done? This machine reads zip codes. These five digits tell us where to direct your mail. But it's nine digits now. What's the point of these other four numbers? Those are citizen relocation codes. With any luck, we'll never need them. She's on to us. Should I flood the chamber? Not yet. Let's get to lunch. Well, children, any questions for Postmaster Bill? You ever gone on a killing spree? Ho, 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 no, no. The day of the gun-toting, disgruntled postman shooting up the place went out with the Macarena. Well, I'm just glad I work at an elementary school. Joke has an age yep. well. It has not, not, not unfortunately. Has not an age well well. is already in bad shape as is. <laughs> uh, so, uh, we, we see some, we get some post office jokes. Everyone gets a dead letter. Um, you remember that movie, Dear God, Matt? I don't think so, no. Greg Kinnear movie about him going to work at the post office and the dead letter office, and they get postage from people. They they uh, People send letters to God, of course, just don't get delivered, and the people uh, start un- like basically answering people's letters to God with like good deeds. Greg Kinnear plays this con man who tries to make himself... It's like a weird rom-com kind of thing. You know, Nothing. if it would just been a sweet movie about, you know, these people trying to help others, that would have been okay. But I have to add in a rom-com, and that just makes it bad. I mean, how much do you like Greg Kinnear? Eh. 
Don't hate him. Don't love him. I I watched that movie a lot on HBO. I don't I don't rem- I don't know if it's actually good, but I watched it a lot. Uh, Bart gets a coupon book from his dead letter, and he gives it to Homer as a birthday gift. A coupon book? What am I gonna do with this piece of junk? Happy birthday, Dad! Wow, a value quote coupon book. Let's see, ten percent off carpet cleaning. Ten. <gasps> Two pizzas for the price of one at Doughy's. Doughy's has terrible pizza. Yeah, but there's two. Ooh, free foot pain analysis. Oh, Marge, that's just a trick to get you in there so they can cure your foot pain. Mm, I guess. See you, kids. Me and my value quality book are going to paint the town red with savings. I'll start with a couple of pizzas, then a complimentary tango lesson, and I'll cap it off with a smooth, refreshing colonic. Um, Dad? Do you like pina colonics? And getting caught in the rain, passing out in the ocean. Pina colonics, my favorite. Oh, that sounds so refreshing. <laughs> uh, so, refreshing. yeah, refreshing. Marge is, has a terrible foot pain, apparently, so that's great. That's really... Uh, Matt, I have some good news for you about uh, the jokes at Marge's expense. Marge soon basically disappears, aside from Vincent Price subplots, so we don't have to worry about her foot pain anymore. <laughs> Thank goodness. Poor, poor Marge. Uh, poor Marge. Uh, so Homer goes to get his free wheel balancing uh, and meets Wally. Wally Kogan, uh, perform, who's, who's a character voiced by Fred Willard. Uh, and they um, basically, they, uh, I don't know, become friends over how they're both stupid. Ooh, I know that look. <laughs> you came in for the free wheel balance, and now it's costing you 500 simoleons. Six with the tip. Hey, you got off easy. I just came in to use the phone, and they got me for the whole Road King package. Alignment shocks, armor all, stem lube. <laughs> stem lube. Even I didn't fall for that, although winter is coming. Man, we are a couple of grade-A suckers. <laughs> Wally Kogan. Hey, I know you. We were in the same pyramid scheme. Oh, don't remind me. Friends helping friends my ass. Say, you want to grab a beer while we're waiting? Yeah, I'm getting tired of them pointing and laughing at us. <laughs> uh, Matt, your note, in our, oh, your note in our notes. Why would they agree if they know they're getting screwed? I, I don't know. <laughs> don't know. Okay. I don't, just th- so long as I'm not the only one asking, huh, that's no, a little weird. If you know no, you're getting screwed, every, why wouldn't you just leave? Okay. This episode is out of its mind. Everything about this episode is insane. I, Mike, Mike Scully's on the record in the, in, the, in the commentary track saying, like, yeah, we put this thing together without much thought of structure or form. You don't say. Really? I'm I so shocked. I can't. I mean... I would say that actually there is some structure to it until like they get to the Super Bowl, and then it basically is just like non. It's just insanity thrown at our faces. Uh, th- this first act is relatively, I mean, well structured. Uh, Matt also notes that Mario is one of the mechanics working at uh, this car store, this the car part place. It's, it's an older uh, Mario. He's just he's got you know the overalls and the the red shirt and hat and gray Captain mustache. Captain Lou, Captain Lou Albano, Mario, basically. Basically, yeah, but with grayer hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see it. Um, I, I mean, like, if you really want to ask why they agree, if they know they're getting screwed, um, they're afraid of saying no to people. Oh, that sounds familiar. There's people who are like that. They, they, they. Uh, I'm married to one. <laughs> 
I love her to death, but I'm married to her. She's they, scared some, to say it, no. It's hard to say no to people sometimes, Matt. Um, so uh, they're they commiserate how uh, stupid they are. I, despite the fact that I don't think I don't know if this episode is great. I do think Fred Willard is a, a funny man, so I'm glad he's in it. Yeah, I love Fred Willard. I just wish they could have gotten a slightly better character for him. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't mind this. The, I think Wally Kogan is like a good fit. I suppose it's just this episode is such an insane thing. I don't know. Maybe it's appropriate. Who knows? Um, we they go to Moe's and they find out that it's a bye week, uh, the Super Bowl bye week. So that's hey, look, the Super Bowl's coming soon. We're waiting for the Super Bowl. That's our cue. Um, Moe, we, Moe is we find out that Wally is a travel agent that he is willing to get people to go to the Super Bowl if they if Homer can go for free if he fills up this bus, which. They're just talking about that multi-level marketing scam. This is literally the same thing. Homer recruiting people so that he doesn't have to pay for something. <laughs> Shh, Wally's smarter than Homer. <laughs> that's, I guess, the. I think that is ultimately. I think that's the secret story of this episode is that Wally actually planned all this whole thing. Like Wally actually just wanted to get paid, and everything else along the way is him just playing along with these rubes. You know, he is an ultimate con It certainly con seems like it. It has. Like, that's the only way this episode makes any sort of sense. Um, you don't like the cover the mouth gag? Yeah. Where they, they, they do the whole... They don't know who's in the Super Bowl, obviously, when they animate oh, yeah. this. So, that Homer and Moe, which is a visual gag. I can't You can't capture it with audio. But Homer and Moe cover their mouths when they say... The team the and the president. And the president. Because Clinton was in the middle of his impeachment hearings. Um I don't like everyone. I apparently from the commentary, everyone is very like everything was up in the air. And they're like, we don't know what to do. Let's just do this to cover our cover ourselves. Um, I think it's fine. It's a little. It is not the worst sin this episode commits, Matt. No, no, it is really not. It's just so dumb. <laughs> it is. I, I can. I can. I can. I'm fine with it. So Homer uh <laughs> buys into Wall Wally's. Hey, let's fill up this bus, and he uh, bullies a bunch of his friends to go. Every man in Springfield basically goes on this trip. Of course, not a single woman, uh, which is apparently a plot point, even though it's a minor one. I mean, yeah, the they they he gets Lenny and Carl. Which is this the first time we know that Carl's married? As far as I can tell, yeah. I mean, they're constantly creepy to Marge, so I just assumed they were single. But you know, they're guys; they can be married and creepy. They can be married and creepy. Those things are not mutually exclusive. Uh, we we do learn that Marge always wanted to see the Bolshoi Ballet. Uh, we get again get Homer ignoring his lovely wife. Uh, makes we you can't Matt. You just can't have a season ten episode unless you sneak in some of that mean old Homer. Oh yeah, because Homer is a jerk. That's what we know. You Above can't all forget else, that Homer is a jerk. He's not so bad in this episode, honestly. Like, he's largely okay. It's just this early on. They just have to throw it in there for some reason. Yeah. Um, But every man is on this bus. Every man in Springfield, it seems. Like, they list off this entire list, and it's like, that's everybody. That's every male character. Um, I do like the gag about them getting to be fat. Yeah. I, it's kind of a lazy gag, but it's so true. <laughs> It is very, they're like, oh man, no, no women. So everyone, it's again, another visual gag. Everyone like exhales and like lets their gut hang out. I'm like, I've been there, man. You, some days you just got to let it. I remember like, yeah, you just, and then they find out there's a female bus driver and they all suck in their guts again. And you know, I, 
It's the best, one of the best parts of being, about being married. You can just be fat all the time until you go outside. That is accurate. <laughs> I don't know. You can still be fat when you go outside. You have a woman at home or, or a man, uh, depending on your preferences. I know. You, just, you like, can just be fat. I know, but I, you know, you guys. Sometimes you want to look pretty. Sometimes, sometimes you just sometimes. want to not be gross. Just like you, I just, you know, you don't want to be a gross person. But uh, everyone boards the bus and they, they, they depart, uh, leaving Rudy behind. Which, if you want to talk about really dumb jokes, Matt, the joke about Rudy from Rudy somehow wanting to go to the Super Bowl with the Simpsons, that is way worse than the cover the mouth thing, frankly. Yeah, you're right. Frankly. That is really, really dumb. I don't. But accurate. Like it, I mean, yeah, the joke they made, the actual Rudy was this. Okay. I know I, for some reason, I know a lot about the difference between the movie Rudy and the actual Rudy, the real guy. Um, But that's just me. We go to commercial. And when we come back, uh, they're drinking on the bus. Apparently they have a keg or more, actually. Multiple. Which, uh, they have a lot. There's, there's a lot of alcohol. They have, I don't know where it all is stored. They must stop multiple times to get more. They have to. There's just no room for it all. To get yeah, all the people I've, that drunk, that you need a lot of beer. Yeah, beer is not the best way to get drunk, unless this is some weird Canadian beer that is, is much stronger. Uh, but isn't that illegal to have alcohol in a vehicle? Um, is it different from I, buses? Some buses are okay. I think you can. Okay. Uh, like, there's party buses, and I think you can drink on those, I think. It depends on the bus, I think. All right, fair enough. I just assumed open container law. I assume that it is completely legal in this situation, and Wally has wrangled, like, hey, this is a drinking bus. We're allowed to drink. Good for them. They're they're allowed to get rip-roaringly drunk. On the list of crazy things that happened in this episode, them drinking on a bus is so mundane. I just went, You are correct. So, yeah, they are getting rip-roaringly drunk. Homer is almost passed out. He is so drunk. But then again, this is a bus from a nebulous place in the middle of the country to Miami, so they've got plenty of time to drink and then sober up. Meanwhile, apparently, uh, Marge and Lisa are bored because the boys aren't destroying their lives, so uh, they decide to, you know, try and fix that. Mm, it's so nice to have a peaceful weekend together. Yeah, I'm bored too. Mm-hmm. Hey, why don't we do one of those craft kits Aunt Patty always gives us? Mm. Ooh, how about paint by numbers? It's so rigid and uncreative. Okay. Oh, leather craft. Oh, those poor helpless cows. Mm-hmm. What about clay? You got any problem with clay? Hey, what's this? Vincent Price's egg magic. Wow, what are we waiting for? I just, I wanted to point out I named this clip. You got any problem with clay? Because Marge's <laughs> snottiness in that is just fantastic. I love it so much. I mean, do you have a problem with clay, Matt? I don't. I I rather enjoy clay. I use it to, uh, you know, keep my cat's litter boxes nice and clean. (laughs) I I prefer the the corn litter. If you say so. I'm all about the clay. It it smells good and and clumps very well. Yeah, the corn also smells much better than the the standard garbage. Standard rocks. Where does that come from? Where do they get... Where is that... Where is that dirt? I've never... I've never seen the standard cat litter... Anywhere but in cat litter bags and in cat litter. Boxes. Well, it's 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 based on clay, but modern cat litter is made of other weird things with all kinds of scent absorbers and you know uh, the sorbicants. Sure, desiccants sounds, essentially. Yeah, sounds great. Chemicals, right? Yeah, that sounds great. That's why it smells yes. terrible yes. and gets everywhere, and it's awful. 
Exactly. Exactly. Okay, good. Good. That's my suspicion. Mo- moving along, we're all o- we're all okay with Clay. <laughs> Uh, the guys on the bus play keep a, keep away with Lovejoy's collar, which he seems mildly upset by. It holds up also, his clothes, man. It's like a suspender. Yes, it is like a suspender. Just anyway, like in real life. Uh, yeah. Uh, they get to Miami, finally, and we find out the bus did not have a bathroom. Somehow, a bus that is meant to go long distances. There's buses without bathrooms. There are, but generally not ones that go for more than, you know, an hour. If you're going somewhere for more than an hour, that bus should have a bathroom. Wally saw a place he could shave some money off the top. Buses without Maybe. bathroom, Maybe. Bath, bus with, a bathroomless bus was cheaper. And got and gave a, got a little bit more on that uh, bottom line. Old Wally, good old oh, Wally, good old Wally had big to money. stuff his pocket a little bit with that bathroom money. You notice how makes... notice how Wally is just like, oh, I'm sorry, driver, I'm gonna leave now. You can clean up this goat that somehow is on that bus. Oh, yeah, it's important to have a goat. Well, you know, but Wally doesn't clean the bus. Wally doesn't pay for it to be cleaned. He just, um, goodbye. That's true. Uh, mm-hmm. It all seems to be mm, notice, Wally's thing. Notice a trend yeah. here. Notice a trend. So, follow the, Matt, anyway, Matt, 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 Matt. Follow, follow the money, I know. Follow the money. You See, you know, you know, follow the money. Yes, 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 I know, I know. Anyway, uh, at this point, we had a whole bunch of NFL jokes, uh, I don't know who Rosie Greer is. Uh, apparently, he is a retired football player, as Robbie has added to our notes. <laughs> He's a retired football player. Uh, if if okay. you don't know anyone, if you can't identify a person in this episode, Matt, it's safe to guess that, that they are probably a football player or retired football player. I assumed he apparently became a preacher of some type. So, yes, uh, Flanders is, is worried that he, he's... It's Sunday, and he hasn't been to church yet, so the NFL has him covered with a tent and Rosie Greer, who is preaching uh, random platitudes, essentially. We also get a 53-year-old NFL player who looks like he's about 90, which is sadly prescient, uh, given what we know now about CTE. I mean, frankly, honestly, most football players live relatively normal lifespans. The the problem is that uh, linemen, both offensive and defensive, mostly offensive linemen, really skew it. Uh, downwards their life expectancies are i mean they are men who like carry 300 over 300 pounds on their bodies for decades not healthy it turns out to do that well not to mention that that they also ram their heads into it's, each other and turns out head, that's not good for your brain the brain damage is secondary like your body can survive without your brain largely uh i mean it <laughs> not if it makes you so mentally disturbed that you kill yourself i know but that's those are relative those are actually it's only those are very extreme cases. There's not that many of them. Like, there's thousands of old football players. Most of them don't commit suicide. Uh, most, most of them don't commit suicide, but most of them probably have some degree of CTE since you can't diagnose it until they're dead and they cut up your brain. Uh, they're Well, they're working on uh, ways you can diagnose I think they're close to ways you can diagnose it well without having to cut up people's brains. <laughs> Hopefully. Good. But... Largely, the most people most people uh, who die very young as football players, aside from the extreme cases, are offensive linemen who have heart, you know, heart disease and uh, cardiovascular problems. And it's only going to get worse from here as we learn more. I mean, you're assuming that the NFL is going to exist in 50 years, man. That's a good point. Uh, we'll we'll all be playing VR football by then, hopefully. Uh, they'll have uh, you know, it'd be like the NFL will be boxing. That's true. That's what it'll be. be. You'll it'll have be, like eight teams be... that just play each other constantly. Yeah, something. I don't know. Well, it'll be vastly different, probably. We we don't know. Be robots. It'll be Techno Bowl. 
Ooh, interesting. Anyway, so Fox is already ready for that. They have the robots who play football. This tells uh, you how excited I am talking about this episode, Matt, that I'm talking about cat litter and uh, the life expectancy of football players. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, also, we have Troy Aikman doing caricatures, which uh, I guess Troy Aikman is a, is a bit of an artist, so that makes sense. Uh, uh, Dan Marino. Dan Marino is uh, – I mean, this is just continuing Dan Marino's acting career. That's true. I mean, after his wonderful turn in Ace Ventura. I, I like Dan Marino. Dan Marino is probably the best part of Ace Ventura when you look back at it. It hasn't aged yeah. terrifically well. It's b- bad, I would actually say. that The Ace Ventura movies are one, – one is bad and two is way worse. And uh, I do like your note here that Marino gets extras from Ace Ventura to punish Homer. That is <laughs> – that is very. They, those are. I think those are. Bubba and hacksaw. I think those are patterned after real uh, football players. But oh, I'm sure they are. I, I, I'm almost certain that they are actual, probably linebackers that uh, that were on his team at one point. But uh, it just one of the guys looks so much like uh, uh, Finkel uh, from Ace Ventura. I was like, oh yeah, there you go. That's that's totally him. That, <laughs> Marino uh, employs him now. And this also continues the trend of the season ten trend of Homer does something bad and then he just gets violently punished for it. They're like, hey, we'll make Homer a jerk, but also he'll receive extraordinarily, extraordinary violence done to him. So, you know, it works out in the end, right? Uh, mm, mm, I would sure, say, sure. I would say no, honestly, but I'm sorry. I mean, man, I I'll would stop. say no as well. I'm I will just, stop, you know. I'll stop interrupting you. Uh, that's continue. fine. That's fine. Anything, anything to, to, you know, distract from this episode. Okay. Uh, anyway, moving along, we get back to uh, Marge and Lisa with the good part of this episode and the fact that their egg magic kit is missing a piece. Oh, honey, that is exceptional. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now we just have to stick the feet on. Right. Hmm, Lisa, I don't want to alarm you, but I'm not finding any. But it clearly says feet included. They have to be here. No, nothing. I can't believe Vincent Price would lend his name to such a shoddy product. Now what do we do? Let's call the company. Mom, this was made in 1967. They're probably out of business. Well, we'll just see. Murray Hill, 59232. Hello, this is Vincent Price. Oh, it's Vincent Price. I thought he was dead. You should know the grave could never tame me. <laughs> oh, Mr. Price, I loved you in the abominable doc. You are calling about the missing feet. Leave your address, and the replacement feet will be rushed to you by my grandson, Jody. And now, I must return to the sweet embrace of the crypt. But I'll be back. <laughs> so is he alive or not? 742 Evergreen Terrace, Springfield, Ohio, Maud. Come on in. Yep, is, there we uh, go. We just uh, said. This is so good. What? This is so good. I love it. I love Egg <laughs> it Magic. Is the, it is so much the best part of this episode. Like, it crushes the rest of the episode. <laughs> Even if it does have a stupid what stage do the Simpsons live in joke. I don't mind that. I I do them the fact that Marge is like talking to this voicemail message like it's actually Vincent Price and Lisa's like are is he act-? and he well, yes he was dead at this point Vincent Price had passed uh <laughs> I, but they're like is is he like the joke the the no he actually he's fine yeah Vincent Price doesn't die he's immortal uh I mean he shows up at the end of the episode so he has to be alive they, this is and this I think is it speaks to it speaks I think to us and it speaks to this episode the fact that, again, Mike Scully is on record saying 
this whole egg magic B plot was thought up like it was basically a combination of two things. One, they wanted to make they try to think of the most boring thing possible for Marge and Lisa to do together. And two, they heard Dan Castellaneta's impression of Vincent Price. And that's they ended up with this thing. And the fact that they were like, oh, yeah, let's think of the most boring thing possible. And you and I are both in complete agreement that it's the best part of this episode. And we think it's amazing and hilarious. And yet the rest of this episode, we're kind of like, mm-hmm. I, the fact that we like this boring, mundane thing that Lisa and Marge are doing and this crazy, insane Super Bowl plot line, we're like, Plutarch in our collars. I think it speaks a lot to what season 10 that season Simpsons is and what uh, we are as Simpsons fans and what we enjoy that we love. That's true. We, yeah, we enjoy weird comedy and character development and not so much just random craziness with guest stars. I mean, guest stars can just take a hike. I, I don't mind random craziness necessarily because Egg Magic with Vincent Price is pretty random and crazy. But because it's, I think... It, rooted in like this mundane of mundane activity of them like making little funny egg people at home with this weird craft kit from 1967 like it i don't know what that weird that weird alchemy speaks to me in some way i want a vincent price egg magic kit they don't exist and they never will but i want one i don't know that i'd ever care to decorate eggs but it still seems very interesting you're telling me, Matt, that if somehow, like tomorrow, an Egg Magic, Vincent Price's Egg Magic kit ended up at your door, you wouldn't be telling me this very weekend you and your wife would not be making little Vincent Price Egg Magic eggs? If don't we can't find time to play Gloomhaven, uh, we're not going to find time to paint eggs. Don't lie to me, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Robbie. It's just the way it is. I'm telling you, if I found an Egg Magic kit, I'd be making eggs today. I'd be, that'd be my night. I'd be like, no more God of War for me. Egg Magic time. Let's make eggs. <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. I probably would give it a try eventually. I suppose you're right. Anyway, uh, back to uh, the Super Bowl. Uh, Homer and the gang are mean to a scalper, uh, which, you know, they should be. Scalpers are not generally good people. Uh, they're, you know, trying to they're take a... Fu- they're fine. Hey, I will take a scalper a hundred all every day of the week over uh, the people who just re- buy tickets immediately and then resell them on StubHub. That's a scalper. Right? That's not... It's different, all right? A scalper... It's really not. A, a scalper is somebody who buys tickets specifically for the purpose of resale. But they don't... But they're not out in the world. Like, those guys... The, what okay, does that scal- matter? They're doing the legwork, Matt. <laughs> so you're saying you appreciate the hustle? Yeah! I'm fine with them if they go and, like, are out in the... I mean, they're, like, yeah, they're, like, out in the street yelling, like, hey, we, I got tickets. Like, that's that's some entrepreneurship. But a guy who's just, like like programs some bot to skim a thousand tickets off the top when the, as soon as a concert goes on sale and then immediately post them for resale on StubHub without leaving his house it might be smarter and might get him more money but it's not there's no actual initiative there there's no uh, there's no you know he's not actually pounding the pavement so what you're saying is you hate smart people yes okay just so we're clear that's why i hate myself more than anything Oh, that's so sad. But at least you acknowledge that you're intelligent. It's not necessarily a good thing. <sighs> yes, it is, Robbie. Yes, it is. Okay. Anyway, right. mo- moving on. <laughs> uh, but when Wally and Homer and the gang get to the front of the line, they learn their tickets aren't real. Uh, there is no team named the Spungos, and their tickets appear to be on some kind of cracker. Which, there you go. I... All Wally had to do was find some way to print on crackers, and he needs to keep all the money to himself. 
I really I like the cracker bit quite a bit, honestly. I know despite, me too. <laughs> despite the fact that like that the this whole in the third act we're gonna whew, oh man goes off the rails completely. But the fact that the, the the ticket guys like starts eating one and Homer's like don't eat our tickets. I that's very funny. That's very good. I I will take. See, Wally is just like what's the I can't like he doesn't even. He does like he has printed crackers. I don't know how you do that. Like like fake. That's that's some weird. That's some weird level where he has printed crackers. What kind of crackers? Yeah, I mean, like why would you? Why would you do that? Why would you just? That has to cost more than paper. See, Wally isn't top level. Uh, con man. He's that's this is what keeps him. You know, going to the mechanic and spending six hundred dollars on. Uh, I forget what he called the. Unless he's pals with the mechanic, and it was all a, they call him when they got a real rube on the line, and he stops by to uh, you know fleece him for even more. Follow the money. Always follow the money. Apparently, we mm-hmm. learned something today. Mm-hmm. So yes, uh, at this point, uh, the other guys try to kill Homer because they have given him real money, and Homer, I assume, has also given it to Wally. Uh, so Wally has all their money that he supposedly paid somebody else for these fake tickets, and their friends try to kill them. Uh, Homer goes back to the scalper, uh, who, you know, refuses Homer because Homer was mean to him. Not that I imagined Homer would even have the money to pay for all those tickets to the Super Bowl. And so then everyone else goes back to, you know, trying to kill him. At that point, Homer sees halftime uniforms and gets a brilliant idea. The idea being to knock over the guards uh, with the halftime uniforms and run in. Because that would not get you shot. Oh, wait, yes, it would. But then again, this was the, you know, late 90s. So maybe you wouldn't have been shot. You would have just been beaten. You would not get shot. You, They would just, uh, that many people in particular, they they wouldn't probably do much of anything, honestly. With, True. With, with like 30 people running in all at the same time. Uh, as long as they were out of sight very quickly, they probably wouldn't do much of anything. They'd probably just go. It, there's there are a scale of 30 when there are 40,000 people at a Super Bowl or whatever, they're not going to worry, really. They'd probably go, whatever. It's true, because they don't have seats, so they can't actually sit anywhere. <laughs> They'll just stand, yeah. They would just be standing around and buying concessions and be like, whatever, sure. Not worth it. Yeah, so at this point, however, in this case, they are jailed and thrown into Super Bowl jail, where they take their time kicking Homer in the butt. And then we go to commercial. I also like that gag of of them going, of of the, 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 the zoom in and then the zoom out of them, uh, running up to kick home in the butt like it's a football. I, I will I will, I will admit, I do like that gag as well. I feel like I'm entering into some weird Stockholm Syndrome with this episode, Matt. You're, you're where, just finding like the one or two jokes here or there. You're like, you are doing the human thing of trying to find something likable. Uh, so we, uh, we get to the third act. Come back from commercial. Uh, we are, and we are immediately given another commercial, a, 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 a fake Super Bowl commercial uh, with dancing girls to the tune of ZZ Top. And we end up finding out at the end of the episode, actually, it's a commercial for the Catholic Church. Uh, Which is weird. I mean, the whole... and Le- But Lisa explicitly says, man, Super Bowl commercials are weird. And that's that's pretty tame, honestly. That's fine. Uh, apparently, a lot of uh, Catholic people got upset with this and sent in angry letters about I wonder this. why. I mean, if you want to talk about perception issues around the catholic church i would not be concerned about bikini girls that's true that's that's in the opposite direction of what they have to worry about yeah but regardless people got upset there was a backlash and then there was a backlash to the backlash uh it took a little bit longer in 1999 than it does in 2018 but 
then the episode was censored and then uncensored and then well, it doesn't matter. Uh, the, the censored version, the only difference is they say the church. They do not say the Catholic church, uh, which doesn't really change anything. Regardless, uh, I thought I should at least mention it. They're they're in the they're in the they're in the Super Bowl jail. Uh, Wiggum thinks that there are fake bars. There are no fake bars. He hurts himself greatly. Um, Apparently, only ups- Springfield's jails have fake bars. <laughs> yes, exactly. Which that actually would not surprise me. We get uh, them hearing the football game, but never actually seeing it. And then they are rescued by Dolly Parton. Uh, my cl- title for this clip is Dolly Parton is here. Cleaning lady, would you let us out of here? Me? I'm Dolly Parton. I didn't ask for your life story. Just give me the key. Young man, where I come from, the South, folks say please. And besides, I gotta go sing a medley with Rob Lowe and Stump. Dolly, wait! Wally? You know Dolly Parton? Yeah, I book a lot of package tours to Dollywood and Euro Dollywood. That's in Alabama. Wally Kogan, what are you doing in Super Bowl jail? Ask her if she'll go out with me. We had a little ticket snafu. Do you think you can bust old Wally and his pals out of the pokey? Well, I do have some of my extra strength makeup remover. Uh, shield your eyes. Miss Parton. Oh, way to go, Dolly. Will you go out with me? Ooh, look at the time. I better scoot to that halftime show. See ya! Man, that's gonna be some show. I mean, if there are rocket packs and Snoopy heads involved, yeah, it's gonna uh, be some show. I was gonna say, she gets, like, some weird knockoff Snoopy head on and then blasts off with a rocket pack, uh, uh, jet pack. Uh, yeah, I'm interested in that, despite myself. Yeah, I don't want to be, but I am. Uh, Euro Dollywood in Alabama, Matt. Is, is that a? That's a good lo- joke. I like that. Okay. Yeah, there, there are, there is. When you throw enough spaghetti, well, some of it will stick. Um, so Dolly Parton is here. Uh, they run around for a while and end up in a private uh, suite overlooking the field. Uh, you know, else is here, Matt. What's that? R- Rupert Murdoch is also here. What the bloody hell? Hit the road, Grams. This is a private skybox. I'm Rupert Murdoch, the billionaire tyrant, and this is my skybox. If you're Rupert Murdoch, prove it. Well, I'm convinced. Tell you what, Mr. Murdoch, let's just split the difference. The boys and I'll just crouch here quietly and take it easy on the snare. Silence. Seize them. <laughs> So Rupert Murdoch is here now as well. I, I was actually uh, pretty interested that his accent is not sound like I expected it to. He doesn't sound Australian. He sounds generically British. I th- I mean I think that at a certain point they can intersect very and I don't know. He's I I don't I don't like Rupert Murdoch. I think he's a bad person. Yep. That's so accurate. I don't so I don't like him in my uh, Simpsons even if he is like calling himself a billionaire tyrant. I don't he, you know how much he's made millions of dollars off the Simpsons. I don't think he cares. Like if they, if he calls himself a billionaire, like that's such a shallow dig. Like it's just kind of, I don't know why there's just, so, we, okay. So Dolly Parton shows up. She's, she's hanging around. Right. Uh, and then uh, we have, uh, we have, we have Rupert Murdoch. He's also there. Uh, and then they they run away from from Rupert Murdoch's goons and eventually and end up in the winning locker room because the game's over um, and they're celebrating with the winning team uh, with their nondescript jerseys 
And uh, Bill Clinton calls because the president is also here. Hello. Uh, hello. This is President Clinton. Hey, how you doing? You know, your determination and grit under extreme pressure are an inspiration. The whole country is proud of you. Well, it's about time. And on behalf of America, I'd like to... Oh. <laughs> All right, Lovejoy. Oh, you're going to get Hello? it. Hello? Hello? I command you to answer me. Hello? Al, do you have to do that right now? So Bill Clinton is calling, talking to Homer again. Or the, the That's a lot, Clinton. apparently. I, I, I think. Did, did, he, did he talk he talked to him in deep space somewhere? I just didn't hear him. Right. Right. Asking about Tang. So they celebrate with the team. Uh, they, and they all uh, get uh Super Bowl rings and uh then and then the this I just have the entire ending cuz I can't adequately describe it. What are you going to do with your Super Bowl ring, Carl? I'll probably give it to my wife. It's our anniversary today. Aww. Aww. Dad, that doesn't belong to you. But this might be my last chance to win one. Well, we sure put together a heck of a trip, Homer. Ever thought about being a travel agent? Wally, I'd be lying if I said I had. Because you can really go places in the travel business. <laughs> Feel free to use that one. What one? Well, John, what did you think of tonight's episode? I loved it. The last-minute addition of Wally Kogan to the lineup was a bit of a gamble, but it really paid off. Marge and Lisa painting eggs? Did that work for you? Oh, big time. They came off the bench with a huge effort that allowed Homer and Bart to make some significant gains. Did it strike you as odd that in a Super Bowl show with Dolly Parton, we didn't see any football or singing? I hadn't thought about it, Pat, but in retrospect, it was kind of a ripoff. What a way to treat the loyal fans who put up with so much nonsense from this franchise. Any final thoughts? Nah, I'm too mad. Let's get the heck out of here. All aboard, boys. I've been waiting for you. Now, I'll tell you, that doesn't make a lick of sense. I know. Just get on the bus. Where's that infernal clutch? Wait, wait, I'll get it. Give it some gas, Grandpa. Oh, quiet, Jody. You're not helping. So let's let's take this step by step, Matt. Okay. Oh, so we have to. We we let's. Uh, I we should at least explain what's happening in all this. So the uh, the all the guys are celebrating with the Super Bowl winning team. Uh, Homer steals the Lombardi Trophy, which, to be fair, he owns the Denver Broncos. That's true. He does. And did they and win? I forget who. who they won? won. They beat the Atlanta Falcons. John oh, okay. L- so yeah, there you go. John Elway. That's John Elway's last. Uh, his last. Last game, I believe that was his. The, he ended on a retirement. He ended. He retired on a Super Bowl victory. It's pretty, uh, pretty good way to go out. And Homer owns the Denver Broncos, so rightfully he can take the Lombardi Trophy and do stuff with it. Um, I totally forgot about that. That that you are one hundred percent correct. Thank you for that correction. Yeah, that's. I, I am sure. Now, Matt, you're you might you might say to me, you might reply, you go, Robbie. You're right in that they that Homer def, definitely was given ownership of the Denver Broncos and you only moved twice, but they probably weren't thinking about that when they wrote this, right? They didn't even know who's going to be in the game, so they couldn't have possibly have planned this out in advance. And I would go, you're probably right, but I have to salvage something. <laughs> so then we get uh then so Homer has the Lombardi Trophy, and they they all leave, they go home. Uh, then we get uh, uh John Madden. And Pat Summerall, uh, 
famous announcing duo uh, analyzing the very episode that they're in. Accurately. Pretty accurately. Yeah, I totally am on board with John Madden. It's like, yeah, I love the egg magic. Me too. Me too, John Madden. Uh, and then Vincent Price shows up uh, in a bus with his nephew or grandson, Jody. Forget who which one it was. Uh, to drive them away. And he is, he's struggling with the clutch, which is true. Like, those buses probably have, like, I think they have, like, 13 uh, different gears. Actually, most of the ones I've seen in the past uh, 20 years have been automatics. Okay, I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm basing this on my relationship with uh, delivery truck drivers who they had sometimes had, uh, which are, you know, similarly large vehicles. And they, they right. sometimes had automatics and sometimes they had manuals. Depends on what vehicle they got. I don't know. I don't really know about buses. But this has a clutch, so obviously it's shifting. Um, and there's probably are a lot of gears for a bus. Um what I so we have Dolly Parton breaking them out of Super Bowl jail. They end up in Rupert, Rupert Murdoch's uh, luxury suite. They get chased down to the winning locker room. They talk to President Clinton. They get uh, Super Bowl rings and a Lombardi trophy. Then Pat Summerall and John Madden analyze this very episode and then take get taken away in a bus by the deceased Vincent Price. That's right, right? That's I, that actually happens. I didn't like hallucinate this, right? That is exactly what happened. There a problem with that, Robbie? I mean, that, that just makes complete sense to me. I actually do have a problem. I don't know what to do, Matt. Like, this isn't as like this is zany and wacky, and again, so many. Like, okay, the closest analog I can come up with again is like when we talked about when we dish upon a star, we talk about um Homer at the Bat, because that also has a huge celebrity cast of all baseball players. This also has a lot of celebrity cast. You know, there's a lot of football players, and then there's other famous people who would be at a Super Bowl. Like, that makes sense. Like, yeah, rich people go to the Super Bowls and get good seats. It's broadcast on Fox, so Rupert Murdoch's going to have a good suite there. Um, Dolly Parton would perform at a Super Bowl. I wish, frankly, Dolly Parton was great. I love her. Why? I She deserves more than this, frankly. She I, I, I don't know. Um I need an episode around Dolly Parton. Give me a Dolly Parton episode. That's true. A Dollywood episode would be interesting. Yeah. Um, it's just the egg, the egg magic stuff is really fun and I love it. It makes me laugh so hard. And then, but then why is Vincent Price showing up at the end? It's just like this whole weird amalgam. It's like this weird self metaphorical vomit that actually doesn't say anything. And it's just like, why can't you just end it with Homer driving off with the Lombardi trophy? Like if it well, ended, because like, they 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 have to acknowledge that how dumb the whole thing is, because then it's self-referential and then it's cool. I don't. That doesn't necessarily. I like. I I appreciate the the nice meta reference as much as anyone, but unless you're actually mate, like it's not funny to me. That's not funny. I think largely, if you're gonna do it, you have to do one of two things. You have to be funny, or you have to be smart. And this is neither of those things. I don't know. I don't want to talk about it too much because I don't feel like it deserves it. I don't, the ending, this third act just derail. like, I'm actually, like, as I was watching this, I'm like, this is better than I remember. But still I was watching, But then that third act happens, and it just, it has the same problem Simpson Tide has to me. I think Simpson Tide is probably better. But it has, it just derails into, like, insanity, and, like, what are you, like, what is this about? It's about nothing. It's just wacky craziness, and I'm fine with that happening once or twice a season, but every episode is like this man every episode it's just That's true i wonder if if we review this out of the context of the entire season if it would seem as bad 
I think that's the thing. Like, I remember these episodes being better is because I think largely I'm not just seeing them over, like, seeing the same tone over and over and over again. You think back to, like, the older seasons and you're like, okay, yeah, you had this really heartfelt episode. And then you get an episode like Bart vs. Australia, which is wacky and crazy. And then you get an episode that is kind of like a weird meta textual thing. And then you get an episode like those showrunners, I think, consciously often, like, model themselves to, like, hey, let's do a lot of different things. This is just nonsense. I'm getting, I'm getting worn out. I feel like I'm like Aww. on a marathon after all these things. Uh, egg magic's great. That's my verdict. Matt disagrees. He hates egg magic. That's true. I despise it. It totally was not the only really good part of this episode. It was not fantastic and magical and everything. I wish this whole episode would have been. I don't know if I think part of the the, the appeal of egg magic is that it works ex- exactly for like two minutes and then anything over yeah. that you're like oh it's enough i don't that doesn't that bit probably doesn't actually need more than enough time, that more than time but i think if it ended just without the pat summerall and john madden saying like hey isn't this episode bad i'm like i hate when they do that i absolutely hate when the show's like we did a bunch of dumb stuff but let's make fun of it i'm like why why just be confident be bold why are you having John Madden and Pat Summerall critique this episode? It makes no... Okay, whatever. Yeah, anything else you want to add, Matt? Nope. Good. Excellent. Uh, we can, we'll rank it at the end of the show. Uh, no submissions for my favorite episode. However, if you do have a favorite Shocking. episode... I can, I can, like, I can just like, you don't even have to say it anymore, Matt. I, you just, I'll just capture that shocking, cut it out, and just post it every single week. Shocking. Uh, if you do have a specific episode that is your favorite, send it in at simpsonshowpod at gmail.com. Uh, and I'll read it when we get there. Uh, we can move on to our next segment, Matt. Are you ready? You ready for it? Ready. Okay. It is time for the comments of the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Uh, comments to the news group is where I come through the old alt.tv.simpsons news group to see what people were talking about a week or two after an episode debuted, if they liked it or not, and if there's anything interesting in the 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 widening quagmire that is the news group. Uh, so we had uh, wildly disparate opinions about this, Matt. I'm noticing a trend. Uh, season 10 seems to have brought out the best and worst. So I, I pull again. I pulled one uh, from the people who liked it, and one from the people who did not like it. We'll see which we, one we more closely identify with. Okay, does that sound good? Sure. Okay. So this is a this is a person who gave this episode an A, which is the best grade you can give something. I guess uh, less than an A plus, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, this ep was so funny. I find it impossible to see it not being liked. Up until the very last part, with Madden, the most annoying person alive, and Summerall and Jody Price driving the bus, was on my top ten favorite list ever. The post office beginning was great, the body shop scene was great, the Super Bowl was great. It even had an excellent, albeit minor, subplot. Okay? So, that, keep that in mind, that's an A. Now we have an All right, F. Are you... We have an yes. F. Episodes uh, do not get much worse than this. Oh, sorry, did you want to say something else? I, you can read it, Matt, that's fine with me. Okay. This episode had the lamest plot in recent memory. Great. They go to the Super Bowl. Get arrested. Break out. Go home. Wow. This episode was written by four people. Can't they do better than this crap? F. <laughs> Could not agree more, my friend. Could not agree more. There was much more positive than negative, I will say, though. Mostly people were mostly positive on that. Uh, there were some dissenters and some average grades, but I think two-thirds were positive, I would say, of all at least the reviews I could find both on the, the group men and archived in uh, the Simpsons archive. So 
people are still positive, Matt. I don't know. So people still like this. I think it doesn't hold up as well because it is around the Super Bowl, and it is, I don't know. I think reviewing this episode as a whole and seeing trends, it kind of, you kind of can see the writing on the wall. Yeah. Uh, the, other, <laughs> the other note is about the Oakland Raiders, which uh, Rosie, Rosie Greer, the, the retired football player who is preaching in this episode, is, I believe, praise for the, the, the Oakland Raiders to find a home. So, and that is referring to the fact that the Raiders uh, were originally based in Oakland, were successful there, uh, and then left for LA in 1982, returned to Oakland in 1995, threatened to move to LA. Uh, however, they have other multiple other teams moved, were recently moved to LA instead of Oakland. So now Oakland is going to Las Vegas in 2020. They will be the Las Vegas Raiders, I assume. Yay. Oh, sports ball. Who will waste their money on making them a stadium? Um, I the Vegas Knights the is the the first professional Vegas uh professional sports team. They're a hockey team, and they're they're in the playoffs now. Their first year, and it seems like they have a very healthy fan base. So maybe they'll do well in Vegas. Maybe, maybe it's kind of feels wrong though. I feel like Oakland is like perfect. It has that identity, you know, the scary people with the face and the. <laughs> So, so you're the, saying Oakland's a scary place? Maybe they left because Oakland's not scary anymore. I mean, I'm not saying that they. I mean, they left because they want a new stadium. That's that's the only reason. There is no other reason that they leave any of these sports teams. The only reason they leave any of these places is about money. The owners want a new stadium, and nowadays, yes, they want other people to buy them. Those stadiums. Um, they're going to Vegas now. So hey, Simpsons are always prescient. That's all I got, Matt. You ready to move on again? Ready. Okay. Let's move on to our next segment. It's time for the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is what is your favorite commercial slash infomercial from The Simpsons? Uh, tons of great answers. I, it, I, I like, it, I always forget a few and then they remind me. Thank you guys for your support. Thank you for answering these questions. First from Holly, we take 18 ounces of sizzling ground beef and soak it in rich creamy butter. Then we top it off with bacon, ham, and a fried egg. We call it the Good Morning Burger. Uh, she adds, apparently this item recently became available at McDonald's in Australia, except it also has a crispy golden hash brown. The Simpsons predict oh. the future again. That sounds yeah. So, you know, sound... McDonald's has breakfast all day. I'm gonna say I can make one of those. Man, I'm hungry. I should not have. I really want that now. Uh, from David, the juicer that Troy McClure was selling with Doctor Nick. The entire segment is gold. You mean there's a better way? Is that even on? I can't hear it. All that from one bag of oranges? Hilarious. Uh, from Michael Canyonero. Unexplained fires are a matter for the courts. Pacha. Uh, from Eric, Mr. Plow, hands down, has a catchy jingle and the best use of old man winter ever. Uh, from AJ, Mr. Sparkaloo. Uh, the Mr. Smart commercial is just a joy to watch. Always love Japanese commercials, and this didn't disappoint. I gotta love Mr. Sparkle. Uh, Jean-Pierre, all-time favorite commercials from Barth the Daredevil. Uh, the Monster Truck Rally featuring Truckosaurus. One night only, one night only, one night only. With the best tagline ever. If you miss it, you better be dead or in jail. If you're in jail, break out. Be there. Uh, Chris, sun and run, the suntan lotion that's also a laxative. Uh, the sudden look of horror on Troy McClure's face as he runs off is priceless. Uh, James, from this very episode, the Catholic Church. We've made a few changes. Uh, from Abby, 
Uh, Brad Goodman's infomercial for Feel Bad Rainbow Alone. I hope to have GPD when I'm older. <laughs> uh, from Alex. Shh, Lisa, the dog is barking. Uh, my family and I say this every time one of our dogs is at the door ready to be let back inside. Arf, 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 arf. Uh, Anna, I love the soccer match commercial. You'll see all your favorite soccer stars like Ariaga, Ariaga 2, Bariaga, Aruglia, and Pazuzu. And then Jason adds, open Pazuzu? wide for some... Did you, just, did you say Pazuzu? I said Pazuzu. Did not say Pazuzu. Uh, Jason adds on, open wide for some soccer. It's all here. Fast kicking, low scoring, and ties. You bet. I'm, I'm wearing out my voice doing this announcer voice. People love that soccer episode, man. <laughs> uh, from Captain at Hans Millhouse. Uh, the juice looser because the cut to Homer juicing orange with his face is magnificent. Uh, John at Soul Carnival 56. The Sea Captain Sea Shanty music infomercial on Channel 92. Uh, Anish at AVX 9001. The Tombstone commercial on Saturdays of Thunder. Quoth the Raven, what a shine. Uh, employee a Million at O Benjamin. Buy me Bonestorm or go to hell. Uh, the best part is just as crazy as contemporary video game commercials. Uh, my only uh, voice, my only opinion, my only dissent on this is it does not have a sad cover playing over some slow motion sequence. That's the only thing. The thing that is at every E3, it seems, is at least one video game has a cinematic trailer with a slow, sad cover of a 80s pop song. Is that like the one where uh, Norman Reedus was carrying a weird mutated baby? Death Stranding. Yeah, I think so, yes. Okay. Just checking. <laughs> that movie, that game looks so... It's easy. I, I don't know. I'll play it regardless. I'm an idiot. Uh, Robert at Barlow2711. Uh, do you know where your kids are? I told you yesterday, no! <laughs> uh, professor, yes, I would, Kit. Uh, Mayor Quimby supports revolving door prisons. Mayor Quimby even released Sideshow Bob, a man twice convicted, convicted of attempted murder. Can you trust... Um, like, can you trust a man like Mayor Quimby? Vote Sideshow side Bob for mayor. Good. That's a good political ad. Uh, from Skeletor's Pimpkane and Commander Cody 83. Uh, the Truckasaurus commercial has ruined all monster truck rallies for me. If you missed this, you better be dead or in jail. And if you're in jail, break out. Be there. Uh, Douglas at HockeyBurn35. You are fully licensed and bonded by the city, aren't you, Mr. Plow? Shut up, boy. Uh, and finally, Alex, his answer is the Classy Joe's Limo School. Uh, which both Homer and Lisa, they didn't turn the television on and they didn't turn it off. The, 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 the classy Joe's limo school just appeared to give Homer a job. It's delightful. What's your answer, Matt? I uh, actually am going with one that no one picked. Uh, the Rancho Relaxo commercial with uh, Troy McClure. It functions fairly well as an actual commercial uh, and it kind of makes you want to go to Rancho Relaxo. So that's my pick. I have... <sighs> I think I'm going to go Mr. Sparkle because it's a spectacular commercial and it provides a really great plot, a B plot uh, for that episode. Um, but my runner up is Gabo, Gabo, Gabo. Oh. What's, what's Gabo? What, what's Gabo? Uh, next week's question. What is a guest star you wanted more of? You know, wish they did more with uh, Fred Willard. Fred, uh, Matt, you're not allowed to answer the question. You got to wait till next week. That's not my real answer, but come on, it's he, true Fred, at least. I yeah, I don't know. He Fred Willard is also he seems like the Phil Hartman type, in which you could have him have reoccurring reoccurring characters. That is definitely true, and like give them a little bit more depth over the years. Which come on, guys, bring back Wally Kogan, but only in a small part. 
I would totally walk up. Wally, like, that's the thing. Like, why doesn't Wally Cook and show up more? Like, he totally could be, like, the Lionel Hutz type. Like, Phil Hartman right. is gone. Bring back Wally Kogan. He is the Lionel Hutz type. He's not a lawyer, but, like, he doesn't have to be a travel agent. He's just, like, another scummy job every time. They're like, yeah, actually, yeah, I'm not a travel agent anymore. Now I'm a mattress salesman. But, of course, they've used that plot for... Uh, well, like, he's like Gil, but not quite as sad. Yeah, he's... Yeah, I mean, they use Gil. I, like... I guess I just like Wally Kogan more than Gil. Gil's fine. I have nothing against Gil. I'll post this question on the social media. Facebook.com slash The Simpsons Show Pod. Twitter at Simpsons Show Pod. And you can email us at simpsonsshowpod at gmail.com. Next up, Matt, it's time for the new Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean S-M-A-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge is for Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, one hard. Try and stump the other. I'm, I'm behind this season by six points, but we got, we got a ways to go. You ready, Matt? I got an easy question for you. Okay, hit me. These are from King Size Homer. How much... Must Homer weigh to qualify as disabled? I believe it is 300 pounds. That is correct. I'm disabled. <laughs> All right, your easy question. Mm-hmm. In 2001 Greyhounds, who steals one of the puppies? One of them? Yes. Before Mr. Burns gets to stealing all of them. Uh, I don't... Uh, I don't remember. Um... <laughs> think, think of the most criminal element of Springfield. Snake? You are correct. He's going to love it and cherish it. Does he actually? St- I thought he was just going to adopt one. No, he takes it and like uh, he's like, I'm going to steal it. And he runs off with it. And the kids are like, okay, bye. Are you, Matt, are you making this up? This, I feel like I don't remember this. How is this possible? I mean, I can pull it up right now and play it for you. No, don't do that. I just feel, am, I feel like I'm, I'm, am I losing my mind? Maybe. It certainly feels like it. Or like you're gaslighting me. Those are the two options. One of the two, those two things is true. Either I'm crazy or you're gaslighting me. You're, I think you're just crazy. You're start introducing. They didn't. I need. Okay. I believe you, Matt. I need to see this with my own eyes. Or I'm not going to. Okay. I'm going to go crazy. You got a Frankie jacket? I'm Frankie jacket right now. The, what are you talking? The snake is not in here. No, he's definitely in here. He's not. Let me find the episode. He's not even in the audience. You have Flanders and Skinner and Abe. Where are you remembering this from? All right, hold on, give me a second. I will find it. I will find it. TV, The Simpsons. What season is this? Five, six? Two thousand one Greyhounds. I do not remember what season is. Because is it before six. they give away the puppies? Yeah, it's when they're in the big box out front. No, exactly. They're not. He's not there. You're right. I'm wrong. It is the not. It's the episode where Santa's little helper knocks up um, uh, the Doctor Hibbert's poodle. My bad. I, it was what? the wrong episode. What? What episode is that? Uh, nope. I don't even Today remember I am that a clown. Hold on, hold on. Uh, what season is that? Season season fifteen. <laughs> well, that explains why I don't remember it. Probably. Okay, dogs. Is that a major? Is that a like the B plot? Is that their puppies or something? It's how they find Rabbi Krastovsky uh, for something. Oh, okay. Well, season fifteen. I'm close. We'll get there. Okay, your medium question, Matt. You ready? King size Homer. Yep. What are the tasks we hear Homer complete at his workstation at home? Okay. King says, he says, um, sound alertness horn, decalcify calcium ducts. Just one more. Uh, one more. Okay. I got this. I got this. What is it? Oh, this is going to kill me if I don't get it. I got nothing. Those are the only two I can remember. Sound alertness horn. Y E S. 
decalcify calcium ducts, and vent radioactive gas. Oh, of course! The one that was important to the plot. Dang it. Because they show it twice. <sighs> the second time you can't yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's my medium question? All right, so your medium question. What is the name of the taffy shop in Homer Simpson in Kidney Trouble? <laughs> we just... Uh, call we me just delish, watched this. Call me Delish Mayo. Oh, man. Fine. <laughs> That's a, it's a good name. It, it stands is. Out it really a, is. It stands out in a bad episode. All right, your hard question, Matt. What are the five food groups in Dr. Nick's Nutrition Pyramid? There's the whipped group, the congealed group, the chocotastic. Um, I can't hear him in my head anymore. <laughs> He doesn't, say watching the, too many other... he doesn't say the last two. No, he doesn't. Okay, so I, I want to say the fried and um, sugar. There is the whipped, the congealed, the chocotastic. Those three are correct. The final two are fats and sweets and empty calorie. Oh, empty calories, of course. Dang it. Fats and sweets <laughs> are at the very top. Empty calories at the very bottom. Right. It's very important you get those empty calories. What is my hard question, Matthew? All right, your hard question. Name the five things that are purchased from the Leftorium at the end of When Flanders Failed. Oof, okay. Uh, the the Mr. Burns buys the car with uh, the the the, the left handed uh, shifter, I believe. Um, uh, Mo gets a left handed corkscrew. Um, let me think. Those two are very easy. Who's the other people who need left handed stuff? Um. It does. I forget if, um, no, that's not one of them. Left-handed corkscrew, left-handed the left-handed the car. Um, I'll, I do want to mention investing that much money in a car as one of your primary uh, inventory seems really dumb. Flanders, by the way, it's it's true. That seems like a lot of money to spend on something that you don't think anyone will ever buy. Yeah, you you think you'd hey we wait to order that if we need it. Um, what else is there? Left-handed corkscrew. Trying to picture it. Um, uh, I'll say left-handed bottle opener, uh, a left-handed stapler, and a left-handed. Where's the left-handed hole punch? Left-handed hole punch, not stapler. Left-handed hole punch and a left-handed. It's a really dumb thing that they would use. Um, a left-handed. I don't. I don't. I can't come up with anything else. Left-hand. I'll come. I'll, a left-handed scissors. I'm what? sorry. You got the two of them, the, the good ones. Uh, there was also the left-handed can opener for Mr. Burns, the one he's in opener. there. The Kiss Me, I'm Left-Handed t-shirt for Barney, and the left-handed ledgers for the, the random guy. Oh, right, ledgers. Right. And the can opener, is he's feeding his... Wasn't Mr. Burns like... Wasn't that for cat food or something? It was. When... But he's a, When do we see Mr. Burns' cats? Just that episode. Feels like... At, in the intervening 20 plus years, they would have thought, hey, we should do, we had a, a, a Burns dog episode. Why don't we do a Burns cat episode? That would be wonderful. I can't wait for that. <laughs> Matt, nowadays, again, take what you can get. That's true. We're not getting much these days. No. Uh, I, I'm i only four points behind now. It's a good day. Today's a good day. Of course. Yes, today's, yes, yes. Today's a good day. Uh, we can move on to our final segment. Segment we end every single episode with is time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part of the show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically as we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. Oh man. 
it's another it's another just crazy wacky adventure like insanity it's just total insanity it's uh, my only the only thing i could say matt with utmost certainty is that i think it's better than homer simpson in kidney trouble that is accurate it isn't the egg magic alone puts it above that i i think it is it there's not it doesn't have the jerk homer kiss of death it just has it's just a wacky crazy thing that doesn't need or want to make sense uh and i think I think it's funny. I think like even like the super some of the Super Bowl gags I really like. It's just it doesn't the show. It's just not. It's not trying to be anything but that. And I don't know. I think one once in a while I like them, but can't just hit me with them over and over and over again. Is it better than Net- Viva Ned Flanders? I uh, I don't think so. I, I actually there are some parts of Viva Ned Flanders I kind of enjoy. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I. I don't, don't think, think so. I don't know. You don't think Egg Magic alone gets it over Viva Ned Flanders? I, I don't think so. No, no, it's close, but no. Okay, is it better than Simpson Tide? <sighs> is it better than Simpson Tide? Um, it's right there. I don't know. That's a close call. Um, I would say Simpson Tide is slightly better. Although they're yeah. very, they are uh, super. All these episodes are like a hair's breadth away from each other, and I don't like. I would. I think I on my personal opinion, I think it is slightly better than Viva Ned Flanders, but I could also see it below Simpson Tide. Like it's just not meaningful enough for me to argue either way. Like I don't know. I I think the egg magic stuff. I like. Okay, I think the lows in this are lower than Simpson Tide. Like I don't know, man. They they had an aircraft carrier with <laughs> penguins on, on it. it. <laughs> that was true, and there was zombie Lennon. That stuff did happen, but egg magic's pretty good, right? Egg magic is fantastic, but I don't know if it compensates for that. Simpson Tide had like a sh- a shred or a hair of heart in it. That's true, it did. And I that goes uh, that adds to it. So that's I don't know. That's the only that's the only thing for me saying there's there's no way that Simpson Tide is better because I that shred of heart keeps me going. Maybe maybe it's better. I. I I think I agree with you. I think it's below Simpson Tide. I I think Dancing Homer is better though, or worse. No, no. It is it. If it's below Simpson Tide, is it better? I don't know. I think it's better than. I don't. I don't know, Matt. I don't know. Is it better than Dancing Homer? I, I would say Dancing... it is. It's right there with Dancing Homer. I think it's not quite as good as Dancing Homer, but it is definitely better than Call of the Simpsons. I know that for a fact. Okay. I all I remember Dancing Homer being is like very kind of mild. Like it feels, it's very bland. exactly. And it's very basic, the, it, but it's a, it's a tight episode. It is also the exact opposite of this episode. Yes. Which, if you want to say anything about it, does not suffer from blandness. No. Uh, it will, and probably suffers from an excess of personality. Uh, it, that is number one ninety five on our list, right below Dancing Homer, right above Call of the Simpsons. Uh, last on our list is two hundred two. When you dish upon a star. Number one, still first place, is Homer's Enemy. And guess what, Matt? You know what our next episode is? Uh, scared to ask. It is Homer to the Max. Oh. Oh. Uh, I do have fond memories of you, this, you, but I don't yeah, remember it very was, well. That's when I looked ahead and I saw, oh, that one's not. So I'm like, I remember liking Homer to the Max. But like we were saying earlier, context. Are we going to like Homer to the Max after we've watched these? Uh, all, these all these in a row. I mean... I like, uh-oh, SpaghettiOs and Max Power and, I don't know. 
They cut down. Is this where they cut down redwood? Yeah, they do. They have redwood yep. trees fall over in this thing. Oh my god. Oh no. I'm gonna. Sometimes you gotta kill your darlings, Matt. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I. I think that'll do it for us. Okay. Wait. Wait. We got. I got. I'm getting mixed up. You can find this list. Our website is thesimpsonshow.com. Links to everything there. Or Facebook, to our Twitter, to our RSS feed. Also, every episode is is there streaming and uh, for download. If you have any kind of challenge with uh, your podcast app, you can always, always go back. Just go to your browser and go to simpsonshow.com and listen to it there if worst comes to worst. Um, if you want to throw us a couple dollars on Patreon, we'd love it. We appreciate it. Um, you can find me online at Twitter, at Robbie Dorman. Check out my other podcast, The Handsome Boys Comics Hour. And uh, it's about comic books and the serial fanatics. It's about lots of different stuff. Um, things I want to talk about. Nerdy stuff. Spoiler casts. Stuff like that. Matt does not participate in social media. Unless a certain level of Patreon backer, you will not find him. That is true. I decided to retreat to the woods uh, for the last weekend that might t- be somewhat tolerable. Uh, so just ask your passing bird to hand me a message. Uh, or, you know, uh, beavers or ferrets. They, they're also my friends, too. So just send the message on with them. They'll, they'll forward it to me. Anything? I mean, any any words on a piece of paper. But any animal? I mean, any animal that is fairly wild. I mean, you find a nice bobcat, give it a scratch behind the ears and a can of wet food, and just send it on its way. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. Thank you for watching this episode. Shh.